1: Debbie is everything Marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Marketplace, Marketplace. Debbie is everything Marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name.
0: Hey, Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane, Chain, and Nelly back with you again. Today, we're going to talk about why the Gophers are bound to win the Big Ten West. We got to touch on that. We got to touch on all of this past week games of college football. We'll touch on those just a little bit. And then we'll talk about value changes and how we kind of go about value changes at the three different levels, right? The first being NFL vets, the second being rookies, and the third being Devy players and how those kind of change depending on what happens in season. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to break down kind of how we view those, especially touching on Devy probably a little bit more. And then we're going to go to our buys and sells. And as always, Shane will teach us something. Uh, But can we just give me a little bit? I realized that the Gophers faced an FCS opponent and beat them by 52. I get that. Also, the Gophers aren't meant to score 60 points. What are we doing? Right? That's wild. Minnesota doesn't beat up on bad teams. Um. We usually play down to their level. That's not rowing the boat, you know you do yeah uh, but Iowa loses because they can't score more than seven points a game. That's fair. Uh, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin loses because they don't have a quarterback, and their offensive line is worse, kind of, but they have some of the same players, but they're still worse. Uh, so, Gopher's going to win the Big Ten West. There you go. Nebraska Perry? is back, though. <laughs> That's a
2: good point. It's I true. forgot to
0: say that Nebraska is back and that
2: Purdue has a defense. So, it's coming down to Northwestern, baby. It's uh,
1: good for them.
2: You know, they yeah. got to hold up the, the flag here. They good do
1: this them. every other year, they're good every other yeah.
0: year. Yeah. Hey. Evan Hull, if you have him in your CFF league, congrats. Bravo. because if you managed a team of Chris Thornton and Evan Hull, you're doing really well you're between those two players, that's like seventy points a week. <laughs> so congrats uh, for your wins. If you manage to lose a cff week please send that to me because i really got to just see the rest of your team if you started chris thornton and evan hall this past week and still lost gotta see it um that's my only thoughts there uh we are recording this as the seahawks are playing the broncos so if you um hear us make any comments just know that rashad penny just ran for a 23 yard gain but it came back for offensive holding it's a very exciting time.
2: No, he's now just going to talk about Geno Smith. So that's all we get.
1: You don't. I don't need to because you can. You can praise me for me. I was right about Geno. <laughs> it's very clear.
0: I believe you mean Goat Smith.
1: That works too. Yeah, Fe- yeah. future MVP Geno Smith.
0: He's. Pro- he'll probably finish second, but like he'll be up there. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um. Real quick, what were your favorite things about Week Two? of college football.
2: Like I, I love the, the Alabama Texas game. I think it was just super fun, exciting. Like everyone outside of Alabama fans, just rooting for the Alabama loss and Bryce young, Cole's a cucumber making it happen. And you know, it sucks that Quinn yours got hurt, but I don't know. I I haven't been that excited about a game. Like hoping for that upset uh, in a lot, in a while it feels like that that could have happened. So I, I had a ton of fun, you know, in their Discord talking with people and on Twitter it was, it was pretty cool.
0: Nelly, how about you?
1: I like seeing Arkansas getting their first win of the season. They're for real this year. They beat up on South Carolina. Raheem Sanders is a stud running back. They
0: have, they have two wins. So
1: Their first week was Cincinnati. That wasn't an yeah. SEC win.
0: Oh, you just beat oh, yeah. SEC wins?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did I not clarify that? Well, I was talking about the
0: first win of the season. And I was like, well, they won last
1: week. First sec win, but since he's a good win too. So they've played two tough teams and they've won both those games relatively convincingly. Raheem Sanders is good. KJ Jefferson's pretty solid. It's hard to bring down. He's kind of like a college cam Newton. Um, and Sam Pittman has those boys playing hard football.
0: Uh, here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, the SEC has about six or seven really good teams this year. Like, you, like not only do you have, you know, the Georgias and the Alabamas, um, you also have some really bad teams like Texas A&M losing to Appalachian <laughs> State, which is very fun. Um, but other teams that are in there, you know what I mean? Like, the Florida-Kentucky game, what a great game that was. Like, that was just fun in total to watch, right? That It was a great game. Uh, Both those defenses are good. Like, I think there's just a lot of really good teams in the SEC, but probably my favorite thing overall, have to give credit to the upsets. This was upset week, baby. Uh, I loved it. I loved Marshall beating Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner now hurt and out for the, It's probably going to be most of the season at least.
2: The whole season, yeah, four months.
0: And then you have uh, Texas A&M, the fighting uh, paid players against Appalachian State. Uh, Jimbo Smith can pay players, but he can't buy a win, which I think is very interesting. Uh, And then you have Wisconsin losing to Washington State. Very fun for me personally.
1: (laughs) I'm sure it was.
0: And then you have, and the fun part is like they go down, and then you're also watching Iowa, Iowa State, and like I was driving back from the Gopher game, so I was listening to those two games on the radio back and forth, and then I get home. I got to my mom's house to pick up my dog, and my brother was over, and we were both watching those games and watching those upsets. How great was that?
2: That's fun. I, I still think my my favorite I know, stat, I guess, from the weekend is that. Notre Dame paid Marshall $1.25 million to, to come there and beat them.
0: Appalachian State got paid a million and a half.
2: Yeah. It's like.
0: To lose oh. to AM. Or, sorry, to beat AM. To
2: beat A&M. It's just like, oh, but yeah, that, just get that check. Just write that check and send it off when you got the loss. It's so sad.
1: Um, I think so. What, what's that, Nelly? I think my favorite stat is that Iowa is the only team in the country with more punts than points this year.
2: Their yeah. punter is so good. Like, they have, they, they have, would they'd be losing by a lot more if they didn't have their punter. They're just playing the they, field
1: position game. Yeah. They have
0: more safeties than touchdowns.
2: Oh my God. More <laughs> safeties than touchdowns? That is absurd. That's yep.
1: crazy. They
0: have a single touchdown in two weeks. They have two safeties.
2: Wow. Wow. They have,
0: they have more blocked punts than touchdowns. <laughs> Like, just, do you know how wild that is? Yeah. Like, I... and Kirk Ferentz's son is the offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, I think the Iowa fans are petitioning for Nebraska to hire him. He's got the bloodline. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I just want to say a shout out. Uh, I kind of poo pooed on DJU, a little bit last week. Comes out twenty one for twenty seven. 231 yards. Like, that was a solid game from DJU. Granted, it was against Furman. It
2: was against but, Furman. Uh, like, he threw a pick <laughs> against Furman. Come on.
0: Yeah. He could throw a pick against Air, but, like, at least give him some credit. Like, no, some I, of the passes were actually solid credit. passes. That's,
2: that's great.
0: It didn't matter what the defense was doing. The ball was just there on the quick routes. And I, that's a little impressive, at least. Uh, we know no, that I'm something's in the water. That. There's something's in the water at Clemson. Adam Randall shouldn't be back. No, this is crazy. We can just can talk about that. Uh, anything else we need to touch on in all of college football, other than the Gophers winning?
1: USC is for real. That offense is really good.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah, Jordan Addison stepped up.
0: Uh, I, I I'll say it since you won't, Shane. Tanner yeah. Morgan threw for over 200 yards for the first time in many weeks.
2: <laughs> Look, man, I mean that, that's what we were asking for for Tanner Morgan. Got uh how many rushing touchdowns do you have now?
0: Uh Tanner Morgan, he's had had one on Saturday.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's three on the season. Three on the season.
0: Athlete.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's just a supreme athlete for Tanner Morgan. I thought I this thought you the- were gonna
0: This is just want to let you know. This is the first time I can ever say this. Tanner Morgan has more rushing
1: touchdowns in a season than interceptions. (laughs) He's. I didn't really see him for two in week one as well. That's three in two games.
0: Athlete. (laughs)
2: Look, and here I thought you were going to compliment Ohio State. You're going to be nice.
0: (laughs) Oh, Ohio State did what they should have done.
2: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. DJ, you got some credit. I figured Ohio State can at least get some credit for.
0: Okay, Ohio I State's ranked that- three. <laughs> I'm touting Minnesota for a 52 point win over an FCS team that had two wins last year. <laughs> they they just lost. They like Western Illinois lost to UT Austin last week. Let's
2: go. I'm glad you I'm glad you guys didn't lose to them cuz that would have been like hilarious.
0: they're terrible. <laughs> two things I will tell you real quick though is you need to be in the Discord. Yeah. Because I said before before the game started, I was like, "Hey, if you need a spot start, Trey Potts is going to be solid for you." And he was relatively solid. 79 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Good week. Right? Those 20 points. Yeah, it's a great week. Um, and then the other thing I'll just say about Minnesota is that Athen Kelly Manis is the real deal. Like, the offense is going to be much, much better when he becomes the quarterback next year.
1: You sure Tanner Morgan won't find another year of eligibility in there somewhere? somewhere.
0: Uh, Tanner Morgan will be on the sideline as a grad assistant next year. You can almost put money on that. Think, I'll take those odds but. i the odds are probably negative two thousand you know like it feels so likely and prob- and odds are probably at like negative six thousand that he's gonna be there for within the next three years if he's not this next year he will be in the next three years because p j Fleck absolutely loves him uh anything else we need to talk about
2: we say it. Nick Singleton, running back Penn State, is the real deal. 10, 179 yards against Ohio. He's, Two teddies. He's that guy. Yep. He's he's going to be a top five Debbie pick next year. Easily.
0: Agreed. Uh, other things I I thought were wild. Don't know what happened to
1: Virginia.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they looked off. I'm Brent Armstrong looks terrible. What I'll, that, I'll tell you that what happened. They
1: hired Clemson's offensive coordinator from last year.
0: <laughs> well, then things make sense.
1: Um, Texas Tech is going
0: to have a really good offense. We just never know who's going to catch the ball. Um, Duke is actually solid. Yeah. I wouldn't say good, like really good, but solid. UTSA might, ha- might put up some of the most ungodly stats of any team. Ever this season, still don't know who's gonna catch the most passes. That's up in the air. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, super exciting. Don't know where he fits in the NFL. Um, what else exciting happened? Oh yeah, Brad Roberts, twenty four carries, hundred seventy four yards, three touchdowns.
2: Air Force baby, <laughs> Brad Roberts, future NFL fullback, the next cow you check right there. Hey,
0: somebody's got to.
2: Yeah.
0: um, Here's just one other thing I want to touch on. How do you feel about these OT rules? I know they came into play last year of, like, just the two-point conversions.
2: It, it's weird to me. I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel... I don't know what it's accomplishing right, with the two-point conversions. Like, I, I, I just don't get it. Like... It's fun to watch. I don't think it shows who should win the game. <laughs> you know, I, I like the old way better, but I'm just old, I guess. You
1: agree, Nelly? I'm pretty neutral on it. I feel like once you hit that certain level of OT, like neither team has really earned the win, so might as well just get it over with as soon as possible. But I, I really did enjoy at
0: least you know the old ways that you had to go for 2 after the touchdown that right. made things better than you just get to go for 2 you have a single play to see if you can get 2 yards right like a lot of weird things can happen on a single play in football so i i, I think that's just not necessarily the greatest but uh, that's That's all I got for quick thoughts. No, I think it's good. I'm I'm
2: excited for this week. Another good slate of games and just going to start getting into a little more conference stuff. So it's going to be good.
0: I'm just happy football's back. It's just so much fun. Um, But let's get into our main topic here. We're going to talk about value changes. Now, Shane, you brought up before the show that, you wanted to talk about kind of how these values change in season. What, where do you want to start? Do you want to start at like NFL vets? Do you want to start at rookies? Do you want to start at Debbie players? Where do you want to start?
2: Well, let's start NFL vets. Cause I think just having week one have ended, I think that's fresher yeah. in people's minds. You're playing Debbie, you're playing dynasty, you know, and I think it's an interesting topic for a value-based podcast like ours of how do you take, week one of the NFL season and adjust values of players, you know, who underperformed or didn't get the carries that you thought, you know, they would get like, do we take these kind of wide swings? Um, You know, three of us on, on the second podcast um, talked about like CD lamb, you know, CD lamb is an interesting case. Now, do you drastically reduce his value because he's lost his quarterback? He, you know, he did not get, a great amount of the target share that we thought he was just going to eat all those targets, you know? So, cause I think there is what I struggle with. That's what I want to get your guys' opinions on is how do, you know, I think there's some value to be gained from reacting quickly and being the first to, you know, get value while you still can. And I think there's also value in being patient and not overreacting to one week or two weeks or, you know, this week five was bad. So um, that, yeah, that's kind of the premise I put out there. I think a lot of people right now are struggling with, you know, do I just bail on an Allen Robinson? Do I, you know, or does he become a buy opportunity? I think that's where we're at with a lot of these NFL vets.
0: Yeah. Nelly, how, how are you kind of viewing kind of this quick one week and kind of what are the stats you're looking at? Um, that kind of, you know, those analytics that, that kind of show you who's a little more valuable in just a one-week sample size.
1: Yeah, so that's a big thing. I think there are a lot of kind of underlying performance statistics you can use rather than just looking at who scored the most fantasy points, who gained the most yards. Like, I think, I think looking at players' usages and their roles is super important. Looking at their snap counts, their targets. Like, for example, Shane mentioned CeeDee Lamb. C.D. Lamb still saw a ton of targets, right? Like it was just, it it the variance didn't go away last night. There, the the quality of targets weren't great. C.D. didn't play that well, um, but he still saw over twenty five percent of the targets there. So, that's actually a good sign. And I've been someone who's been bearish on C.D but him him seeing that amount of targets is is a relatively good sign, and something like that you expect that to regress in terms of the quality of targets you expect him to basically start scoring the points that his his targets would indicate that he scores now someone like Alan Robinson was not seeing very many targets right, so that's someone where i'd be I'd be panicking a little bit more because um the usage just wasn't there, right? Like, it's just, it's more concerning when they just don't seem like they're part of the plans. They're not part of the game plan. They're not forcing them the ball, something like that.
0: So I I know there's,
1: obviously, I think two
0: metrics are a little more important right now, especially when we're looking at wide receivers, right? The first has to be, well, how much were they on the field, right? That's the first step, right? How much were they on the field? And that's when we can talk about some of these rookies, right? We have to talk about that with Christian Watson, right? Sure, he might not have seen a lot of targets after the big drop, but he was on the field, though, right? And that's important. But then the second thing is obviously the targets. They have to find the targets to be in But how much stock do you put into the first thing? Like, Allen Robinson was on the field a lot. Is that is that nice enough for us? Like, should that make
1: us feel good? I think as a vet, no. Like, I think I think for rookies, that's a good sign. I think that's the next step. If you see rookies getting a lot of snaps early on, that's a very good sign. Uh, like, George Pickens was on the field a ton. Jahan Dodson was on the field a ton. Those are good signs. If you're a vet, I think at that point you kind of teams know who you are. So if you're on the field already, like I think that should more be the expectation. If you're a vet that's relevant in fantasy football,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, that's why we want. I, I want to broaden the sample size before bailing because you know, we've had a lot of veterans. Every veteran's going to have two weeks of this fantasy season. They're going to put up a dud if it's week one, it feels a lot worse. I think if people remember that and people are quick to judge, like, like, yeah, Alan Robbins is a good example. You, you can't really sell him for a ton right now. Cause people are scared away, but there, there is some hope that he was on the field next week. He's going to get utilized playing a worse defense. You know, that's going to be better for him. So um, yeah, I, I do look at those things uh, and I think it is intriguing to try to be a little more patient. Like, I'm definitely a guy that's a little more patient, and I want to see the full sample size. But I feel like sometimes I miss out on that value uh, because of it. So, you know, listening to guys like Nelly. um, Yeah, I think for rookies, like, I think Christian Watson, he was actually going to be my buy this week because I think people are going to be low after that drop and the almost drop. Um, But he was on the field. He's clearly – athletic enough that they want to get the ball in his hands, even when he makes mistakes.
0: And the screen went to him. I know he didn't make the catch on the screen, but that one of the targets was a screen that the goal was to get him in open space because he's that fast, right? And that athletic. So um, definitely something that, that is worth bringing up, but what else do you kind of look at for veterans? I obviously with like running backs, there's no value in a veteran running back, you know, that's four or five years in that's like not getting touches or do you find your, do you find value in the backup running back?
2: I, I don't think there's much value in the backup running back. I think you have to get lucky with an injury. Uh, it's problematic. I, I honestly, I more look at who are those older running backs that did produce and did get most of the carries than guy like Cordell Patterson. Is a really nice buy right now, um, and like Nelly kind of even talked about the receivers, right? The usage was there. That's probably not going away. I think even more so for running backs, if they were getting carries and getting targets, it's probably going to happen next week if they did you know well with that.
1: Yeah, and I think I think specifically with running backs, and that's you you got to look at getting the high value uh, touches, which are your goal line touches, your third down work and the receptions. um, That's really where you score fantasy points the most efficiently. So even if they weren't converted, finding guys who are in those roles were good. Like Leonard Fournette last night, he didn't score a ton of fantasy points, but his role was very, very clear. He's their main back and he's used on the goal line. He's used to catch the ball. So, look for those roles and especially if they haven't necessarily been converted, you can take advantage of that value wise.
0: Yeah. I think the same goes for like a guy like Rashad Penny, right? So far in the game, I know the game's not over, um, but there's been 13 carries by running backs in the game. 12 of them have been Rashad Penny, right? Like, and you can make the case. Well, Kenneth Walker isn't there. He's hurt. I get it. Right. Right. Um, Burchard Penny also has three targets so they've put the ball in his hands at least tried to get the ball in his hands 15 total times sure it's not like the greatest game for him because Denver's rush defense is very good but he's still averaging five yards a carry so I think that's that's like a worthwhile vet piece as well because people are going to value him less because Kenneth Walker is there even though I, Kenneth Walker didn't play.
2: I Actually, think, I think both could end up being values, right? Because like, I think what you said with Penny's spot on, and because of the injury and, you know, Penny getting these carries, and I think he looks good, people might sell Ken Kenneth Walker a little bit short. You know, I, I think it actually isn't a bad backfield to have both one of the few.
1: Yeah, I think Penny's only on a one-year deal, too, so... I think the thought in Seattle was having him be a a one-year stopgap so he could provide value elsewhere because he's been super efficient when he's been healthy. He just hasn't been healthy up until recently.
0: Totally agree. Let's go to uh, rookies. What, what are the main things you look for when it comes to rookies Nilly?
1: Yeah. So I, I mentioned participation being huge. So, snap count if you see that from a rookie early that's good that teams already recognize they want them on the field the other thing and this is more specific to wide receivers but if they're getting limited snap usage you want them to see heavy um heavy utilization in those in those limited usage so you want to look at their their targets per route run or like their target share when they're on the field and you want to see how they're effective with that too so like their, their yards per route run as opposed to just raw yards. It might not be a, an apt comparison because they're only playing a quarter of the game, but a guy like Traylon Burks, he didn't play a ton of snaps, but he was very, very efficient with his snaps that he played. So something like that, that transitions to more opportunities in the future because teams recognize, hey, he's making the most of the opportunities that he's got, let's expand his role.
0: I, I think one other thing that is worthwhile to talk about, especially with rookies, is – Did a rookie come in and become the second running back on the depth chart after one week? Right. That's a worthwhile backup running back. A worthwhile backup running back is because they're young, because that gives them a little bit more standalone value because of the age. And if an injury seems could happen, right. Injuries can happen at any time. Like, it's what gives Jalen Warren a little bit of value this week. Like, sure, you can say, well, if Najee actually is hurt, which he may or may not be hurt, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but it it would give him a little more value because he's young. Right? Then if we just, you know, throw in any backup running back. Right? That That's 27. So that gives them a little more value, and I think that's a worthwhile thing to check out what are you looking at for value
2: changes no I I I think that's a really good point you made Kane because uh one of your boys Rashad White in Tampa has you know took that role Leonard Fournette um you know he's not he's not hurt but he had you know he kind of came up a little gimpy once went off Rashad White got uh got the carries got the looks got a catch like you know he looks good and so I think what Nelly talked about you know and, and for me the difference between rookies and veterans is you just want to see that progress from rookies where it's like a backup running back is a veteran. I mean, I, I don't care too much. You're just kind of taking that shot, but Rashad White could build a role in a year or two and he doesn't cost any more today than he cost in your rookie draft. You know, it's probably the same cost still, but now we have more information that he has a role and is with a coaching staff. that's going to be there. So I do, I do think it's worth looking to see, running back wise where those rookies looked and receiver wise, I think early production and returns is helpful. I mean, I think Jahan Dawson was underrated to begin with. And like, I don't know, you know, I, I feel really good about him being on the field and getting a lot of those targets. Obviously Washington passing game is much better than we thought. Um, you know, but that means a lot uh, to me more so than where some, you know, some of those other receivers that were going around him Um don't have that i think that's the case
0: so let's get to the big one the one that we really really like talking about that's debbie and we have to talk about debbie values changing uh, because i think debbie values almost change a little more frequently than maybe these these veteran values right barring injury right i think these debbie values change even more frequently so the question I have for you is we have to talk about one of the guys that is probably in the top 10 rankings for all three of us. And he just got hurt, right? Hurt his shoulder. The quarterback at Texas, quint Ewers. We know that he didn't play his freshman year, sat, be- sat behind CJ Stroud, who had an incredible season at Ohio state. Right. comes to Texas. Uh, He was just finding his footing week one. It was clear week two against Alabama. He had found that footing. He was throwing some absolute darts all over the field against one of the better defenses in the country. Uh, What do you do with that value? Right? We know that he's hurt. We know that he could come back in anywhere, depending what report you read, anywhere from two to six weeks. (laughs) Right? Um, So what do we do here? Do we do we like move the value up because he played well against Alabama? But then do we move him down a little bit because he got hurt? And then do we move him back up because he's clearly one of the top two quarterbacks in the 24 class?
2: It, it's like it, it's wild, right? Because that's what people do. You're taking all these things and balancing them out. Personally, to me, I think it reinstills his value as a top two quarterback in that 24 class. It's not. A, a major, major injury, um, maybe, you know, like you said, he could miss a couple, a couple months, but we saw against one of the best defenses in college football. Like to me, that's that's good. Um, and I, I like that, but I, I think there could be people that have Quinn Ewers that are scared off by the injury and could take at value for him. Um, and it's like, does 12 passes is, is that enough of a sample size even against a good defense to, to, you know, feel good about someone that's extremely expensive in Debbie right now?
1: I know for me personally, I because I did not have him top 10. I actually had him right outside my top 20. I've just been apprehensive with him. I just wanted to see it. You know, it, it took a lot. For him to get to the point where we did see it, I will move him up. And it was a small sample size, but it was more than nothing, which is what we had before. I'm not going to move him up massively, but for me, injury doesn't really scare me off because that's not so, it's his non throwing shoulder. It's not something that's going to like derail his career or anything. It's just going to kind of put it on pause for a month or two. But and um, it, it almost kind of insulates him until the next time that we see him again. And, and the interesting thing with Debbie guys is like, it's much easier for a guy to fall than it is for him to rise. Like it doesn't take much for a player to fall. Like we saw that with Anthony, Anthony Richardson this past week, like he fell so much quicker than he rose. Cause people are apprehensive always of risers, but fallers are very much very, they're more sure in them. So if you have someone who has insulated value, I think that's kind of a good thing.
0: I I, I agree with you in the fact that it, you know it it it's more difficult to rise. I think outside the top probably twenty to twenty five Devi players for most people, it's difficult to get in that top twenty five. But it's incredibly easy to go from like that seventy ish to twenty six. 20 you know what I mean like because there's there's those tears right and when we did that that draft I think it was last week or two weeks ago where we did that Debbie draft like it's difficult to crack into that 24 into those top two rounds but I think it's pretty darn easy to get into that third round with good games you know what I mean
1: yeah, I mean, Drake because, May kind of did it. In like in two, three weeks, he he rose up everyone's ranks. That's all because, it took for him to get right outside there.
0: Because those are the players that were like, we know they have the talent, we just want to see it. Right? And some of them were like, wait, we didn't know you at all. Right? Like, where did you come from, Chuck Sizzle? <laughs> you know what I mean? Great, I don't think he's necessarily a Debbie Asset, but that's a whole different conversation of... CFF versus Debbie assets, we can have that a different time. But Shane, all in all, what are you kind of looking for in like a more broader, broad sense, almost what are you looking for, for some of these players, for their value to go up or down?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think first and foremost, like with the NFL guys and the rookies, like, are are they playing? I think we've had a lot of, especially younger players, um, in the Debbie community and, and elsewhere, we get really enhanced with these incoming freshmen or, you know, these high recruits that are going to their second year and like just still aren't playing, you know, you have to be able to crack the lineup fairly early, um, especially the skill positions, I think to have value. So I think like that's important. Are they playing? And, you know, are they playing good against good competition? Because we've had some, you know, a guy like Anthony Richardson that uh, Nellie mentioned has, played two top 12 teams. Uh, so like, that's as good as you're going to get uh, Utah, Kentucky. Um, I think both in the top 15. Now that's as good as you're going to get. And we, then we've had, you know, Georgia playing, you know, they played Oregon week one, they played Samford or, um, you know, Minnesota playing Western Illinois. Right. Like, you know, how do you, how do you compare that? I, I don't think you want to overhype good performance uh, against Weak competition before we get into conference play and feel like you can draw Debbie value off of that. Um, but the, I think sell opportunities present themselves for some of these players that may perform well, but don't quite have the role or, you know, I, I, a guy like Kendall Milton, for example, is solid. You know, I think beyond he's a good player, um, but he's in that kind of heavy organ split probably not the most athletic guy. And I thought his performances were fine, but not like overwhelming when I watched him, but you could still probably sell him as a top 20 Debbie asset. I don't know. Maybe it's too quick to react, but like that, that's a player that I'm looking at. Like, eh, I I don't know if I quite buy in and I'm always more willing to sell Debbie's because less of them make it ultimately.
0: Yeah. Like I, I, Totally know where you're getting from. Um, but I think the one thing that we kind of got to talk about, too, is like, yeah, Anthony Richardson played two really good defenses. Uh, one, he did well, and one, he didn't, right? But the other issue is, like, we see some guys putting up ungodly stats the first two weeks of the season because they face, like, people that will never step foot in the NFL ever at any position on their team you know what i mean yeah like I, I i will hype up minnesota as much as possible but they played literally the worst fbs team and one of the worst fcs teams right like i i love that they absolutely crushed both those teams but they should have Right? It, it's like the idea of when we were looking at Trey Lance, you're like, well, how do we know he's good playing at FCS? Well, the first thing is he has to clearly be better than everyone else on the field. Right? And you clearly need your player, if you think he's going to be, you know, a, a top player, to absolutely destroy these terrible competitions. Right? These terrible teams, they have to destroy their defenses uh, for us to even like, think that the, if, for you to think that they're a top player, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, they, they, better, like they better go out there and absolutely destroy. If, you know, if they're going to be a top 20 Debbie asset, it has, you know, it has to happen. I think there's been, you know, some Debbie players that just haven't done that. Um, you know, we talked a bit about Quentin Johnson last week. It happened again. Like, you know, TC's not good enough. Like, it's a concern. I think you have to raise those concerns when they don't go out and smash guys that are going to be accountants in in a year.
0: Just like DJ, you had to destroy Furman, and he totally did.
2: <laughs> I feel like I'll give you that. He he did do that.
0: <laughs> Thirty-five to twelve. <laughs> Nelly, any any final thoughts on kind of
1: these Devi guys and their value changes? Um. Uh, again, just underlying usage is important. Like looking at target share, seeing how much they're used. I think that those numbers are actually harder to find for college. Uh, but if you can find them, they're super useful. Like freshmen, if you can find freshmen that are are being effective on the snaps that they're getting, their roles will grow. Because w- freshmen, I mean, it takes a little bit of time for them to come along. So finding those usage stats and using them to your advantage is, is super beneficial.
0: Uh, Nelly, do you have anywhere where you kind of talk about these numbers? Maybe in like a Discord or something?
1: Yeah. Come on, join the Debbie Marketplace Discord. Um, I'm always talking numbers there whenever I can in the in the secret shoppers channels. Uh we have an analytics channel specifically for that. So and and I'll be putting together a database that that I share weekly during this season. Um so come on in and join and and yeah, let's talk some numbers.
0: There you go. Um, just to get off that number talk, Shane, you want to teach us something?
2: Yeah, sure. I I, I want to pull out one of my favorite like kingdoms of Africa in history that doesn't get talked about a lot because I think I don't know, you don't know, talk about African history too much, but the kingdom of Kush, which I'm sure some people like that name, um, which is south of Egypt, and in a lot of ways was more successful than Egypt in, in a shorter amount of time, um, and at one point, it was part of the Nubian Empire, so like, it was literally the ivory incense and most importantly the gold empire of the world it was this kingdom that like we in the Western world have never heard of. Um, they actually have more pyramids than Egypt. Uh, you know, no one no one talks about it, um, and so there was one point they actually took over Egypt. They were kind of rivals and uh, ruled them for a bit, but um, the problem with especially gold is. It goes away (laughs) if you keep mining it and so they depleted their resources. Egypt ended up taking them they ended up fading away. But I I think it's interesting, if you ever get a chance, dig in some African history, some really interesting kingdoms, did did some interesting uh, things in the forefront. I think it's worth uh, worth talking about sometimes.
0: I know this is a little terrible, Shane, but when you said one of the greatest kingdoms in Africa, I honestly thought you were going to talk about uh, Mufasa from the Lion King.
2: <laughs> he's he's getting a, a prequel, so
0: which bless up?
2: <laughs> you know, you know, we we need we need Mufasa back in our lives.
0: We need, but here's the question: Are they still going to have James Earl Jones as Mufasa?
2: It has to be right. I mean, as long as he's alive, he has to do it.
0: I think that's that's the main question for me. Um, but I, mean, I honestly. I was like, greatest king, I was thinking, and I was like, uh, wherever the Lion King is.
2: <laughs> like, like that fictional Mufasa had, had a great reign. Based on Shakespeare, you know. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. Um,
0: but let's get in these buys and sells. I'm going to go first um, because I want to. Um, I have two, though, is the real problem. Uh, I'll leave one for Nelly. Cause I feel like he's going to talk about my other one. Um, I'm going to buy Quinn Ewers. I think honestly, now is the time to buy Quinn Ewers. Um, I don't think you'll be able to get him for cheaper if he continues to play well, when he comes back, right. You're just on the brink of him getting hurt. You're going to hear some people say, especially if Texas does even semi well with Hudson card as the quarterback. Um, that's the only chance that we have for him to get cheaper unless him just absolutely sucking when he comes back, right? Um, but I think Quinn Ewers is a really, really solid buy for me because he's clearly a really good quarterback. He played well in a small sample size against a great defense. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and buy that. Um, I still have him ahead of Drake May. I have him basically neck and neck with Caleb Williams, just behind Caleb Williams, just because we've seen Caleb Williams for more than just this year. Um, and now Nelly said he's not going to take mine, so that's interesting. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go two buys because I want to just see Nelly's face when I say this name. Um, I'm buying more Raheem Sanders. Let's go. Um, I was I was hesitant on him um, mainly because i don't know where he he really fit for me it didn't make a ton of sense for me Um, he's probably going to end up i don't know probably around 22 23 in my new rankings that'll be coming out on the debbie marketplace discord Um, so check that out those should be done hopefully soon um my cell is I'm going to continue to sell all Alabama running backs the same as last week. Jace McMillan breaking a big touchdown doesn't help that. Right? Because I still don't know. Does that mean Jace McClellan has the backfield next year when Jameer Gibbs goes? Oh, wait. They signed another good running back that's going to come in as a freshman? That's weird. Uh, oh, two two of them, just like they signed two top 10 running backs this past year? And guess what? Uh Nick Saban can go out and get basically any running back that he wants if he chooses to do so, like he did in Jameer Gibbs. So uh I'm not necessarily confident on on the running backs there. I would rather just have none of them and let someone else fall on that pick in my league because they're all gonna get picked, right? That's the thing. Is if the Debbie leagues are deep enough, they're all gonna get picked. Look at where Jason mcclellan he ended up getting drafted, and Roydale Williams were getting drafted their freshman year in Debbie drafts. Right? So I, I would just rather someone else do that than me. And then I don't have to get it wrong. Um, someone I am just completely unsure about, Debbie-wise, is a uh, running back at Pitt actually it we well, could say just the whole pit backfield but i'm going to specifically look at uh, israel abanaconda the uh, running back at pit i think he is both like like he's really solid running back right he had 33 carries 169 yards one touchdown obviously had the really long run um add in a couple of catches he had 24 receptions last season um is he someone that i shouldn't be moving up my rankings i'm not 100 sure um i i don't necessarily see like an nfl talent but i feel like you're gonna get really really solid production from them this year and does that mean day three running back and is that worth anything that's my unknown right now which shane already said no i shouldn't be moving him up my ranks
2: i, I i'm just scared I'm when Ronnie running him and comes back abanaconda's not even the starter so that would be bad you know
0: alright Shane who are your buys and sells
2: Yeah i mean uh you know we talked about Christian Watson you know he was he was one of my buys i, I think he's super cheap and was on the field we talked about that but i'm, I'm going to bring up a buy that uh, in, in our, our discord um someone had a question about it that was a good question that's JJ McCarthy the quarterback for Michigan dominated Hawaii looks like he's going to be he's going to be the starter next week looks like he'll be the starter moving forward five star recruit uh, has some athleticism, can move around. I know Michigan's track record uh, for quarterbacks is not great, but I do like the upside, and I think he's still pretty cheap because of that weird quarterback situation. I think you could buy him um, pretty cheaply. My my sell's a big one. I I think I I'm I think I might sell Zach Evans. I think I have a a, a question of if his value may have peaked. Like if it's at its peak right now, because I do have, I'm a little bit scared of the NFL value on Zach Evans. Um, I don't think he is clearly that like, you know, top 50 running back in NFL eyes at this point. Um, And, you know, I, I, I thought the game against Troy was good. But you know, Central Arkansas didn't play that much and, and didn't do that much. Like I, I just don't I don't know if he's gonna be as good. I, I would take Tank Bigsby plus, I think, for Zach Evans, and I think you could get that. Um I think Tank Bigsby is gonna end up going higher than him in the, in the NFL draft. And then um my unknown. I'll, I'll go with Mario Williams. I, we, I feel like we, he's always in the unknown category. I feel like we mentioned him like once every couple of weeks. But I mean, Jordan Addison was so good this past week for USC, and Mario Williams, you know, transferred there with uh, with Caleb Williams, and you know, he has six catches on the season. Like, you know, he had a good game. He had four catches, seven free yards, and touchdown. But he wasn't, he didn't wow me. And I, I don't know. I just think maybe he's a little bit overvalued. But I could regret that in a year, so I don't know.
0: Here's a question for you, Shane. If you got the offer where you get or whereas you sell Zach Evans, would you do it?
2: Yes, I would do it. I think I would do it. I think it's a little more risky, but I think the quarterback is just more valuable, and yeah, uh, I think both carry some inherent risk. I, I would. I think I would do that. I think I'm going to move. I'm going to move Evans down a bit in my rankings.
0: Uh, Nelly, uh, you want Ewers or Zach Evans? I'll take Evans still. Sure. I just thought I'd ask. Uh,
1: I feel like that's a worthwhile. No, it's a fair question. I think more people would probably prefer Ewers at this point. I, that would be my, my assumption value-wise. But I think the injury really
0: hits his value in most leagues.
1: Hmm. It'll be interesting. We'll have to see. send us any Ewers trades that happen yes, post please. Alabama, Texas. It'd be fun to see. Yes.
0: All right, Nelly. How about you?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go on a here. I'm going to take the one buy window we might have for the rest of this guy's career. And I'm going to try and buy Kyle Pitts um, because he had two receptions for less than 20 yards. I think it was 17, but he saw five for the most targets on the team. He had, of the team targets. It's just a bad week variance wise for him. I'm not worried about him at all. I'd go and see if anyone is worried about him and see if you can buy him because I mean, that's getting a tight end like that on your, in your dynasty lineup can be such a game changer. Um, I am going to sell David Montgomery bears running back. Uh, He did not have that great of a first week, uh, but he did see 17 carries. So people might see that workload and be excited about it. The issue is he didn't see any of the the goal line work, the red zone work. They they went to Khalil Herbert every time for that. Um, so that's worrying. Khalil Herbert was also much more efficient on the ground. He had five yards per carry versus one point five yards per carry by David Montgomery. So I can and and David Montgomery, I believe, is in the last year of his contract with the new coaching staff. It's just one of those things where I can see them moving away from him a little bit. If he's not getting those goal line carries and probably not that good of a Bears team I would be worried about his value. Um, so I I'd like to sell now while that perceived workload might still be around. Uh, by unknown is Deandre Swift, uh, a guy who I really like, I think he's talented. He showed us this week. He, he was very effective on a per touch basis and he showed some tackle breaking skills, which he didn't last year. And, and that's something that's very important. Um, for him to show that he can not just catch the ball, but also run the ball on the ground and be effective at it. The issue is Jamal Williams is seeing a lot of touches there. I just think we're going to um, struggle to see a full ceiling reached by DeAndre Swift because of Jamal Williams. They seem to bring him in on the goal line a lot, which I just kind of touched on, which is annoying. But I also think DeAndre Swift is really talented. I think he's a top five dynasty running back. So, It's just, it's tough to have that while also not having a full workhorse role. So I don't know what to do with him.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, That's it for us here at the Debbie Make sure You're you're joining that Discord wherever you listen to this podcast. Go to the uh, description, click that link, join the uh, podcast. It is completely free to join. Um, And we have a lot of fun, especially on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, talking about College football and NFL football. So make sure you join that. Uh, But that's it for us here at the Devi Marketplace. We just want to say thank you so much for listening. And just remember that we appreciate every single one of you.